Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reported live.
children of God, we do greet each of you once again in the mighty, the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our Redeemer, our very present help in a time of trouble. It was God who woke us up today. It is God who is sustaining us. It is God who is providing for us. It is God who is healing us. It is God who is delivering us. It is God. It is God. Don't 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 fool yourself out there now. Don't fool yourself. Start thinking that you are anything other than a vessel to be used by the hands of God or to be used as an instrument of Satan. It's God. It's God. It's all about God. This thing is all about God. And making sure that God gets the glory that he deserves. Making sure God gets the praise that he deserves. Making sure that God gets the life from us that he desires. This thing is all about God. Because if we will please God, God say, I will please you. Some of you all out there, you're just as unpleased as you can be. Well, why? Because you're not pleasing God. God said, if you don't please me, I'll see to it that you're not pleased. God said, what are we talking about here? Why are we going back and forth with this? If you delight yourself in the Lord, God said, I will give you the desires of your heart. But you've got to delight yourself now. You can't keep right on trying to serve me with your mouth poked out, rolling your eyes getting up all late and carrying on and not being on time. You got to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will bless you real good. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic, entitled title don't mean love now. Title don't mean love just because you're a bishop, apostle, prophet, evangelist, president, king, prefect, satrap, uh, astrologer. No, no, don't none of that mean you love God now. We want to make sure we love God. Then let the title, titles won't matter so much when you love God. Because see, at the end of the day, understand this out there. Whatever we are, we're still brothers at the end of the day as children of God. All these titles, yeah, apostle, you know, prophet, doctor, uh, bishop, right, the right reverend, uh, all that stuff. At the end of the day, we brothers. Hmm? Come on, children of God. Holy Ghost talking, right? Whether you say amen or not. We looked at capital A in our outline. Titles should acknowledge God. In other words, if you've got a very serious title, you ought to be very seriously acknowledging God. And here's the thing, children of God, every one of us has a title. Every one of us as children of God has a title. In other words, that which God has formed and fashioned us to do. You think about stuff in your house. Everything in your house got a name on it. Come on now. Y'all writing with what's called what? Pens. Y'all reading out of what's called what? Bibles. Y'all cut that paper with what's called. You watch what? Oh, y'all like to watch what's on call? Uh-huh. I thought you, some of you some didn't want to say nothing on that. What? Everything got a title. You have a title. Child of God. Son of God. Daughter of God. So your title means you ought to acknowledge God. We ought to acknowledge God without with, with this title. We looked at Isaiah 45 and 4. Matthew, we're going to bring us on down to Matthew 23 and 2. I had actually uh, talked about this a little bit yesterday, and the Lord brought us right on back. 
Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, he said, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Capital Outline, titled, Should Acknowledge God. Titled, titled, Should Acknowledge God. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. Again, we thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day, cold and crisp. You know what we have need of, Father, before we even ask you. Help us, Father, not to waste a lot of time asking you for that as if we don't know that you already know that we have need of it. We thank you in advance today, Father, because we are trusting that as we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, all these things, all these needs, all these physical needs, they shall be added unto us. You know what we have need of, Father, before we even ask you. We thank you, Father, for being an all-wise, all-seeing, all-caring, all-compassionate, all-gracious God who loves us too much to leave us where we are. But the question is, do we love you enough to change? Help us today, Father, to love you with the same love. Reflect the same love that you have given to us, much as the moon has no light of its own, yet you can see the moon in the utter darkness of space because of its ability to reflect the sun's light. May we reflect your love. May we reflect your light. May we reflect your goodness in the earth that you might be pleased with us. We trust, Father, you're going to do these things for us as we continue to give your name all glory, all honor, and all the praise. This is our prayer. We count it done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Titled, Should Acknowledge God. We see here in Matthew 23, Jesus talking about seven woes. Seven woes. Jesus had examined the spiritual condition of his generation, much as when you go to a doctor, you're not feeling well, you go to the doctor. There are certain things a doctor going to do right off the top when you go and see him, no matter what your ailment is. Come on, somebody. What's what he going to do? He's going to take your temperature. He's going to check your weight. And he's going to check your blood pressure. And, you know, he's going to check your ears, going to listen to your heart. There's certain things a doctor going to do right off the top. Why? Because doctors understand that, that, that most ailments come from one of those regions. That's exactly right. Either something wrong, you know, with your heart, your blood vessels, something wrong with your, you know, with your, with your, uh, uh, your, now temperature. This is why so often they take temperature because one of the things that your body will most of the time do when there is an infection or there is something that is, is not right, it will raise the temperature. It will raise your body's temperature because what your body is doing is it's attempting to fight off whatever that alien pathogen or that alien, it will raise your temperature. Your body raises raise your temperature. It's fighting. Your body's fighting. Now, what you want to understand is that whatever goes on in the physical body is going on in the spiritual body. Now, if you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, whoa, to your smoking. Come on. Woe to your drinking. Woe 
to your carousing. Woe to your overeating. Woe to your eating too much salt. It's wise if you want to improve your health condition. Come on, somebody. To what? To stop or to listen. Well, Jesus said, I'm trying to improve the spiritual condition of my generation. Jesus was also known as the great physician. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, we got three movable parts right there that need to be examples. You got the teachers of the law. Who else? You got the Pharisees, and you got what? Moses' seat. Now, let's, let's, let's get a definition for each one of them. The teachers of the law. Now, these were individuals that were experts in the Mosaic law, the Pentateuch, which is the first what? Five books of the Bible. These individuals were experts, supposedly. Okay? You had the scribes whose responsibility was to copy out the law and, and, and make it available for, for the people. But these were individuals who, who, who supposedly had a greater understanding of what God was saying. Now, remember, this was during Jesus was born under the law. He lived under the law, died under the law, rose again from the dead under the law, ascended back to heaven under the law. It wasn't until he sent the Holy Spirit to fill his people that the church age, what, began. Jesus was under the law. So you got, you got to keep that in mind. So what Jesus did is he came into the earth and then subjected himself to his own set of rules and regulations. And that's what good leaders do. Good leaders will subject themselves to their own rules and regulations. In other words, what's it going to look like daddy telling you to clean your room up and his room is in a mess? In other words, what is it going to look like daddy trying to get you uh, uh, to be uh, in shape and he ain't in shape? So good leaders subject themselves or try very hard to subject. What does it look like daddy telling you to work hard and he just as lazy as, as anything out there? Good leaders subject themselves to the, their own rules and regulations. God wants you and I to be good examples to the flock, good examples to the body of Christ. Now we see here, that Jesus said to the crowds in Matthew 23 and verse 1, he said, the teachers of the law. Now, these were experts, again, in the Mosaic law. Now, here was the problem. They were highly learned. Let's understand some things about the teachers of the law. They were highly learned in Hebrew scriptures. They gave their theological opinion on matters related to Jewish life, and religion. Now, now we're going we're gonna to come back and examine these. Now, they often conflicted with Jesus on matters of interpretation because their interpretation was often flawed. Now, again, what is our topic? Titles don't mean love. Titles should acknowledge God. In other words, if you've got a title... Part of what that title means is that you ought to really be acknowledging God. What the teachers of the law and the Pharisees should have been doing, they should have been up under the feet. They should have been wrapped around the feet of Jesus like maybe. They should have been trying to hear everything they could, not just like Nicodemus who came to Jesus at night, like some of you pastors out there is doing with this broadcast. Well, you know, we thank God that you, even though you're slipping and you're dipping and you're trying to, trying to get it on the slide, we thank God that you're trying to get it. We thank God for, for, for you that you're trying to get it because you could be like, uh, you, instead of being like Nicodemus, you could be like some of them other Pharisees who wanted to kill Jesus. At least Nicodemus, you know, a member of the Jewish ruling council, he was slipping and trying to get him some truth. So we thank God for you that, you, that you're at least trying to get some truth. My, my prayer for you, come on out and open. Come on out and open. You know you're being blessed. You know God is talking through his servant. You know that, 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 that you're receiving revelation. Come on out and, and, and acknowledge. Don't be slipping and slipping and sliding. 
teachers of the law, and Pharisees, another group. This was a Jewish sect kicked off about first century, century before Jesus' birth, and they lasted about a century after Jesus' death. They were a very strict sect. They believed in strict adherence to the Mosaic law. They were like, don't be deviating to the left and deviating to the right. And also the written form. Now, the problem with the Pharisees was they held very strongly to the traditions of the elders. Again, opinions. You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? We can get very, very far off with opinions. We, the God said, Robert, you don't need opinions. You need my revelation. Mm, thank you, Lord. You don't need opinion. Opinion come from you. Revelation come from God. We don't need opinions. We don't need, we don't need, you don't need to hear what I got to say about nothing. I don't need to hear what you got to say about nothing. We need to hear what God say about everything. So what happened with the Pharisees, they were holding strong to a lot of the traditions of the elders. In other words, uh, uh, stuff that the elders felt like you should do. Not necessarily where God said you should do it, but the elders felt like. And they held, they believed in that just as strongly as they believed in and, and trying to hold to what God said. But the problem is you can't serve two masters. See, whether it's what God said in the, in the Logos word or what God has said in the Rhema word, it's still what God has said. Hmm? Whether what God has said is recorded in the Bible or what God says by divine revelation, it's still what God has said. Anytime we get off what God has said, we're going to have problems. And that's what happened with the Pharisees. They opposed much of what Jesus taught because a lot of what Jesus was teaching was contrary to the traditions that of the elders that they held to so strongly. See, some of y'all out there understand my voice, you modern-day Pharisees. You're holding to a bunch of stuff that, that, that grandma used to do it this way. Uh, Daddy and um, great-grandma and I, give me that old-time religion. No, give me that, give me that new-time revelation. Let me hear what God, give me that new time rhema. Let me hear what God is saying now. Grandma didn't have to deal with the internet. Grandma and them didn't have to deal with gay marriage. A lot of stuff. If grandma and them were still here right now, some of them would want to go right on back to being dead with some of the craziness we got going. I, 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 would, I would hate to think what my grandfather's position would be if he was alive today. And 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 her, and her son. If I could told Grandpa, because he prophesied stuff to me back in 1980 that I watched come to pass in in in, in 2000, 10, 20 years in advance, I watched it. But if I could go back in time and talk to Grandpa and say, Grandpa, you know that by about 2010 or so, you know it's going to be legal in a lot of places in the United States for men to marry men and women's to marry women. No, 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 no. I can hear him right. No, no. It just some of this stuff we got going here would blow our ancestors' what? Minds. I'm telling you. If Martin Luther King and some of those civil rights stalwarts who put their lives on the line, who received beatings, God says, imprisonments, and various other mistreatments and degradation could be alive today to see how many of our young African Americans are behaving in integrated schools now that they have fought, now after they had fought so hard and went through so much so that, that we could be in the classroom with our white brothers. If they could see it, some of them would cry. Some of them would cry. There, you know, one of the things the Lord is, is flashing in my spirit now, some of you older saints are going to remember this. Some of you younger saints are going to have to check it on the Internet like you do about everything else. Remember there was a commercial out way back in the early 70s, late 60s. Talking about Keep America Beautiful. And it showed this supposedly Native American riding down the river or whatever. I don't know what he was doing. 
And, you know, he was seeing the trash. Oh, here we go now. Here we go, Young and the Saints. Uh-huh. And one of the, and, uh, he's, I think he was standing on the highway or somebody, and somebody threw out a bag of chicken bones, and they hit right across his feet, if I'm remembering correct. And there was a tear in his eye. Well, what was that all about? He was he was very disturbed with how things were going, and, and you know, knowing that this country, you know, uh, a very beautiful land, and here individuals, and this was in the, you know, way back in the early 70s, individuals were not taking care of it like they should. There's a lot of ancestors. If our forefathers could see that we are about $19 trillion, trillion in debt, some of our, our forefathers of this country would be like, what in the world have you leaders been doing? What And, and that's, a, that's a valid question. What in the world are some of you leaders have been doing in this country? Martin Luther King cartoon where supposedly uh, Martin Luther King had gotten shot, but he didn't die. He was just in a coma for a number of years and then woke up in modern day and, and saw what was, what was going on, especially with many African-Americans today and was just very, very upset and very disappointed. And, and that's, that's how it is. Now this is the same thing with Jesus here. Jesus is looking at the nation and what's going on in the nation. And he, is pronouncing woes on the nation. He, you know, he was just talking about how basically terrible things really were. So you got who we say now? We got the teacher of the law, we got the Pharisees, and we got Moses' seat. Now, Moses' seat was symbolic of leadership symbolic of leadership. So what Jesus was basically having a problem with was the leadership of his day. Why, one of the reasons why Donald Trump is, is rolling quite like he is, even though he be saying some stuff that be, I mean, but because many Americans have a problem with the leadership that we've been having. Politicians have, have done a, look at how they have got us in debt. Look at how they have got us viewed around the world. Look at how they have got that politics. So Donald Trump kind of come in as almost the anti-establishment type of candidate. A lot of people kind of go on for that, but you got to remember that Donald Trump come from old money. Donald Trump, you know, a lot of people talk about how, how rich Donald Trump is. I went back and, and, and read up on, I was talking with a, uh, some, some African business people the other day, and we had gone in and looked at the richest top 10 richest people in the world and different things and how one individual out of, uh, out of Africa um, is, is, it was, was in that list. And I, I, I see his business and different things all over, uh, all over Africa. But Donald Trump didn't even crack the top 50 as far as richest individuals in the world. Number one richest man in the world, according to this particular report, was uh, uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. And then, you know, there was a guy from Spain, then there was this guy named Dan Goatee. 
who is uh, estimated at X amount of billions of dollars uh, right out of that, the, the, the Africa area, has a lot of investments around Africa. But the thing about, you know, Donald Trump is there's a, there's a part in many Americans that have not been pleased at all with the way politicians and Washington and our senators and different things have been doing. Uh, make no mistake about it, uh, children of God. Don't let nobody fool you. We are a nation that is in very, very serious trouble. We are a nation that is in very, very serious trouble. Now, there are going to be some very, very serious things that are going to take place very, very soon. I'm telling you. Now is a time when you want to, be, you want to be position yourself very, very well in the things of God. You want to position yourself very, very well in the God of things. Because the stage is being set, and, 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 and this generation that we are living in is marching very, very, very well toward the Antichrist. They, these, are, these are not things that are, 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 are um, this is biblical prophecy. This is biblical prophecy. So Jesus said, look, we got this te the teachers of the law. We got the Pharisees, and we got Moses' seat. So we see here that leadership is very, very important. When things go very, very bad, one of the first places you can look at is leadership. When God saw what had happened in the Garden of Eden, when God saw what Adam had done and what the woman, God didn't come back asking the woman first. God didn't come back asking the serpent first. God came back, and the first one he started launching his investigation with was who? Adam. Where Adam? Where are you, Adam? Why? God said, I'm checking with leadership. Because the climate of the church, the climate of the family, the climate of your nation the is going to be in direct proportion with the leadership. One man I remember years ago when I was coaching high school sports and we had gone to one particular game and, and we used to kind of guess because we had a, a football team that was not very good. And we would a lot of times on the way there, we'd get there late and be guessing what the score would be. We'd be like, score going to be 21 nothing, other team's favor or, or 30 nothing. And a lot of times we'd get there and it, that, it'd be about right. Early in the first quarter, our team would be getting blown out. And some of the parents would be very upset, and, and they knew that I coached basketball and I had gotten out of football, but they would talk to me sometime in the stands, and I remember one man saying to us in the, in the crowd, he said, Coach Brian, he said, he said, the attitude of the leadership is reflected throughout the organization. Always, whatever the organization it is, that, that attitude is going to be reflected. So if you as a pastor, if you want certain things out of your congregation, if you want certain things out of your people, you be the first example of that. If you want your people to be hardworking, if you want your people to be diligent, if you want your people to be serious about whatever the, the activity or the endeavor, you be the first example of that because the attitude of the leadership is reflected throughout the organization, whatever the organization, whether it's a coach with a team, whether it's a president with a business, whether it's a pastor with a church, the attitude of the leadership, whether it's a president and, and the people in the country. So Jesus said, look, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, they're the ones that are in, in leadership, but because they are hypocrites, that hypocritical ideology and that hypocritical way of doing things has, has a little leavening has leavened the whole lump. That has permeated now the nation. Watch what he said now. Jesus said, you must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Now, what we want to understand here is this. Good leaders only want to tell people what's right. Good leaders need to do what's right. Once again, good leaders not only need to tell people what's right, good leaders need to do what's right. They need to be an example to the flock. The Apostle Paul told young Timothy, 
be an example to the flock. Now, here's what happens when we don't um, practice what we preach. Here's, here's one of the dangers when we don't practice what we preach. Look at what the Bible says. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders. In other words, when you, have, when you, ain't, when you ain't trying to do it, see, a lot of times you, you, you'll, you'll put an undue stress on the ones, what, that are doing it. See, you mess around and, 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 and do some of this, then you'll have some compassion. See, if you ain't in no shape as a, as a father, but yet you want to try to get your, your sons or your children in shape, but you ain't, doing no, you ain't doing nothing yourself, you laying around with your belly all poked up, then you'll be like, do a hundred of them. Do a thousand of them. Do a million of them. That's right. What's the matter with you? You're lazy. You ain't doing nothing. You mess around and, and do one of then you'll be like, oh, okay. You can have some compassion. I understand. I understand now why your arm is shaking. Because, see, the thing about it, you know, you think, take lifting weights. You take lifting weights. Well, you get somebody that's a lot weaker than you, and you lift the weight that they lifting, you know, it might not be a problem to you now, but to them, that might be a struggle to them. But you get enough weight on you, and you'll do some of the same things that they doing. Jesus said they tie up heavy loads. Well, so when you don't practice what you preach, then now you become a hard taskmaster. It's kind of difficult to accuse me of being a hard taskmaster when you see me out there with you doing it. You know, I remember, and I shared this with you all a number of times, when my senior year in college, I was the captain of our, of our college basketball team. Last 30 minutes of practice, a lot of times the coach would, would give it to me. He would give the practice to me. And immediately I had the boys, I'd stretch the boys out, have them running, have them running, have them running, have them running. In fact, my roommate used to say to me, man, Rob, I hate when coach give you, give you practice. You know, and why? Because I, I would be a, a lot more, a lot uh, more difficult on the team than even the coach was. But they, the guys couldn't say too, too much because what? I was out there running with them. There wasn't a single sprint that I told them to run that I wasn't running. There wasn't a single weight that I told them to lift that I wasn't lifting. So when we, when we don't practice what we preach, we become hypocrites. We become hard what? Taskmasters. Let, let, the, let the Egyptians have had to do what their slaves were doing. I guarantee you some things. I guarantee you, one of the things, there won't be no pyramid. I guarantee you there'll be some changes. There'll be all kind of stuff like, Benefits, medical benefits. There'd be all kind of stuff like uh, extended breaks, water breaks. There'd be all kind. Why? When you do what you trying, what you trying to push people to do, do you, now you can understand some things. See, Jesus said they tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they are themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move you. See, that's why. That's why you keep right on stressing me because you ain't gonna do nothing about that. That's why you can stand in and look out the window and watch us work and just point the finger and give a whole lot of instructions because you ain't going to do nothing about that. Get out there with us. Get out there. Get out there and, and, and try Kevin. And now you got a whole, you're starting to get a, a different picture now. See, jokers that ain't going to do nothing, they be like, lift that, lift that barge, tote that bell. Get that going over there. Move that because it's a lot easier to point a finger than to do the job. It's a lot easier to instruct folk to do something than to do something. As leaders, we want to be the example of doing it. Be examples to the flock. Jesus said everything they do is done for men to see now that that now here we go now here we go these are these are some of the problems that you run into when you don't practice what you preach so if you had to get a start looking at problems with individuals what they preach they start putting on a show. and that's what's happened in a lot of our churches it's become showtime what was that show you come on showtime at the apollo showtime 
at the Apollo. You see, that's what's happened to a lot of our churches. It's showtime uh-uh, at the Apollo. Uh-uh. See, this ain't no show. We're trying to get closer to God. We're trying to hear from God. So now we got characters falling all out, and ain't nothing wrong with you. How come you don't just fall? Uh, pastor done said something now, and you done, you done fell all out. Do you fall out like that when you read the Bible? See, it's showtime at the Apollo. Because huh? what, what I'm saying can't be, <laughs> can't be no more anointed than what the Word of God say. I can't do it. How you, how you respond to the Bible, I'm expecting you to respond about that way with me. Because I can't be more anointed than, than God. Let me get this straight. You read the Bible, you go to sleep. You go to hear your favorite pastor or preacher or apostle, and you all excited. It's showtime at the Apollo. <laughs> That's what it is. How can I be more anointed than him who sent me? How can I be more powerful than him who empowers me? Don't want to restudy the Bible, but you love hearing from your favorite pastor or preacher. It's showtime at the Apollo. That's why there's a lot of stuff, baby. <laughs> Everything they do, watch this, is done for men to see. In your, in your private prayer closet, in your private uh, relationship and, and interaction with God, are you doing all that right there? Or is it when you make sure you get to the front seat in the church where everybody can see you that you're doing all of that right there? Because it's showtime at the Apollo. Everything they do. Who are we talking about? Hypocrites. Who are we talking about? Individuals that don't practice what they preach. When you practicing what you preach, it don't matter who looking at you. Because when you practice what you preach, you're going to do that if nobody's looking at you. You say, Apostle, where, where, where are you going? Listen, to me, listen out there on the sound of my voice. I know there's a lot of y'all out there that's following the broadcast and listening to all kinds of things. But listen, if there won't no internet, we were doing this at the Christian Center long before there was internet, long before we had 500,000 viewers on YouTube. And I, we were doing this long before all that kind of stuff. And if, all, and if they came in and decided to turn the internet off, ain't going to be no more internet. Christian Center saints still going to be worshiping daily. Because this is not showtime at the Apollo. But didn't know. Well, the thing is, it never changed. They just showed you what they wanted you to see. One of the things is using as an example, 1936 Olympics, how a lot of people were complimenting Germany on how beautiful it was. Not been to Germany. It's a beautiful country right today. You know, I know a lot of that's had to be rebuilt and different things, but they were complimenting the Germans on Adolf Hitler was acting so gracious and acting so... You know, but what was really going on, a lot of people didn't see. Most places, you even think of, you all even think about a lot of the places that God has, has allowed us to go around the world. When we roll into different ports, whether it be the Bahamas or whether it be, you know, uh, different parts of Mexico and different things, they got fixed up that tourist area. Now, you remember one time we were down in the Bahamas and, and we got ran into that Christian family that took us behind the scenes. Took us to where the tourists don't get to go. Same thing with with uh, uh with Haiti. We're talking about going to Haiti. You know they got a place fixed all up in Haiti for the tourists. Messing around, I talked to one of my former athletes who was in the military in Haiti about 20 years ago. He's messing around and get past them spots and get to to, to where it's really where it's really at. And you're gonna be shocked. 
because it's a difference between showtime at the Apollo and what the real deal is. Jesus said, look, everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide. They, you know, the tassels on their garments, they love the place of honor at banquets, the most important seats in synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. They like the appearance of godliness, but not the reality. I want to encourage somebody under the sound of my voice. Let us get past the appearance of godliness. Let's get past the appearance of righteousness and let us step into the reality of it. It's a difference between folk looking happy in their marriage and folk being happy in their marriage. It's a difference between folk looking like they have a nice car and, and, and having a good running car. It's a difference oftentimes between the appearance of a thing and the reality of that thing. Would you rather have a car that looks good or rather have a car that runs good? Mm. Would you rather have somebody that look like they love you or somebody that really love you? And see, that's what the adversary get us a lot of time. He get us with the look. That's what was happening here. And see, that's what hypocrites, that's what they focus in on, the look of it. Now, are you saying, Apostle, are you saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't look good? No, I ain't saying we shouldn't look good. I believe in looking good. I ain't just coming up here any kind of way. Got these cameras on me all up here with holes all, uh-uh, trying to look good. But we want to, we want to focus more on the reality than the look. No, ain't nothing wrong with stuff looking good. But I would rather have something that is good. We'd rather have a house that look real good, but the wood is ate up by termites, or to have a house that maybe don't look as good on the outside, but it's solid, solid structure. Now, if we can, we'll take the look and the reality. That's when, that's when, but if we got to choose between the look or the reality, just give me the reality. I'd much rather have a powerful church over a church that looks powerful. I'd rather have a powerful ministry over a ministry that just looks powerful. Jesus said, you're not to be called rabbi. You only have one master. You know, rabbi meant teacher. Jesus said, you only have one master, and you are all what? Brothers. We talked about that a little bit earlier. At the end of the day, we're we still brothers. Well, brother is a title. Brother is a title. I call you brother. That, that's a title. That means that we have... We have some, whether in the physical, a lot of us as, as, as African-Americans, we call one another, what's up, brother? What's up, bro? Why? Because we understand there's un, we ain't even got to talk. I'm looking at your skin and it's black. I'm looking at mine. I know our ancestors had some similar experiences, more than likely. I understand that, that we come from some similar places in, in, in Africa. It amazes me when I go to Western Africa. I don't see such the same thing when I go to Eastern Africa. But I go to Western Africa and I'd be amazed. I'm out, out of thousands and thousands or millions and millions of people that I see, I'm going to see somebody that looks just like somebody over here. I'd be like, what in the world is this? I was like, Lord, what is this? God was like, these are your near kinsmen, Robert. Five, six generations ago, this is, this is where many African Americans come from. I've seen a, a character in Western Africa, uh, an immigration officer. And one time they, they barred me from going to, they detained me and kept me from going to Dubai. I'll never forget that. Lost my ticket. The people that paid for my ticket and everything, they got me in, in the airport. Y'all ain't heard about this one too much. I ain't going to say too much. But they, uh, they got me, held me up at the end of the day because I had overstayed my, the amount of time I was supposed to be there. But at the end of the day, they ended up apologizing to me and different things. But I lost my ticket. I lost my flight. I had a flight already paid to go to Dubai. Some years ago. But one of the immigration officers, he looked like a, a twin of one of my former assistant coaches. They used to work with me in basketball. Like, like uh, I don't want to give names. It looked so much like him, I was like, man, you look just like one of my former assistant coaches when I coached basketball. That's some ran into a character over there that looked just like one of my cousins. I'm like, man, he was a, he was a uh, what do they call them characters, be out directing traffic.
we used to ride past him every day going to, to one of the offices down there. He would be out, and he knew some friends of mine. I'm like, man, you look just like one of my cousins, just like. So, you know, many of us, you talk about brother, you know, as African-Americans, you know, we, we, we kind of have that a, a similar uh, history and a, a common lineage, you know. But then there's brother in the spiritual. As children of God, we all brothers in the spiritual. You go back far enough, we all like cousins anyway, even in the natural. Because all of us come from one man. You know, some of our ancestors just kind of migrated southerly toward Africa. Some of our ancestors migrated northerly toward uh, Europe and Russia and different places. Some of our skins got darker by the sun. Others of our, I come back from Africa. I'm much darker than I am right now. Some of our, now you pictured that over thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Some of our ancestors went went northerly and, and were, you know, in the cold. You know, staying in a cave most of the most of the time. You know, trying to keep warm. So their skin got fairer. Many of our, our like white brothers and sisters. So so we all, you know, you know, from a physical standpoint, we all are kinsmen. But from a spiritual standpoint, we are not. Jesus is talking to those of us that are in that are believers. We are all brothers. Don't call anybody on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Well, question you have to ask yourself, do I want God to humble me or exalt me? Because if I exalt myself, God going to bring me down. But if I'll bring myself down, God says, I'll bring you up. If you bring yourself up, God's going God gonna, to gonna be like a seesaw. It's going to be like a seesaw. When one side is up, other side is down. One side is down, other side is up. You go on and bring yourself down and raise up Jesus as much as can. And see, that's what happened on a seesaw. When I come down real, real good, that, that forces you on your side to come up. When we abase ourselves, when we realize that, Lord, I'm just like a little bitty speck here in this, in this thing called life. But you are the Alpha and Omega. You are the great I Am. You are the King of Kings, Lord God. What happens, it forces us to lift Jesus up. Good God in here. Thank you for that, Father. When we bring ourselves down, it forces us. It compels us to raise Jesus. Because the lower you see you see yourself, and your, the higher you can see God. But then what ends up happening, you know, He's going to bring us up. He's going to exalt us. So the lower we put ourselves, the higher God will raise us. Now, this don't mean that, you know, we, we don't, you know, we think uh, bad of ourselves or anything like that. But we realize that, that uh, any good thing in us comes from him. Any good and perfect gift that we have, it comes from him. Life, health, strength, it all comes from him. Our little finances, our little cars, our little houses that he gives us, little clothes, they all come from him. Every, it all come from him. And what we need to be doing is seeking him and his righteousness. When you, when you, when you uh, exalt yourself, you don't see any need to seek him because you feel like you are the one that's making things happen. You. Are the one that and see God. I got to bring that. I got to bring that down. I got to bring that. I got to bring that down, because that's the kind of that's the kind of attitude of the adversary. Whoever exalts himself will be humble. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So our title as brothers, our title as pastors, our title, as fathers, as mothers. All these are our titles as sons. Don't you know the son is a title? A title as, as, as friends. All of this stuff, in order to perform your title duty properly, you've got to acknowledge God. Title should acknowledge God, because if not, you had a title, you'd be messing up. Like the Pharisees, like the who? 
teachers of the law. They had title, but they didn't want to acknowledge God. So now you start ending up doing a bad job at your job. You want to do a good job on the job. You mess around and and you get a job and and, and you know you they they ask you to do something that you don't know a whole lot about. You need to ask somebody before you go and mess up what whole lot of stuff. God rather see you do one or two things right during the day than one or two hundred things wrong during the day. It's better to do a little bit right than a whole lot wrong. See, that's why, that's why, you know, that's why some of you have struggles cleaning up your room or keeping your room clean or keeping your closet clean. Because some of you don't understand that it's better to do a little bit every day than have to come in and do a whole lot at one time. Let me, as soon as I take my shoes off, let me put them where they belong. Not just throw them in my closet and I, then I do that ten times. Now I got a big pile of shoes back later on and clean as soon as I take my clothes off, let me fold them up and put them where they go. Rather than throw them in a pile, then I do that ten times, and I got a big old pile of dirty clothes I got to deal with. A little bit at a time. If I go in, everybody wash their dish when they finish with it. And don't put the dishes in the water and mess up the water. We can all use the water to wash our dishes rather than spiling them in the sink and then have a great big old sink full of dishes. A little bit at a time. Let us, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you, we praise you, and we appreciate you for the privilege, the honor to come before you this morning, to praise you, to worship you, to seek your face, Father. We give you all the glory today. Uh, We thank you, Father, for speaking to us, through us, and for us, sharing a word of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom that will be a blessing to your people in the four corners of the earth. We know that your word will not come back to you void, but it will do everything that it was purposed and accomplished to do from the foundations of the earth. Pray, Father, for the supporters of this great work that you have uh, called us to, that you will continue to strengthen their hands and bless them. They may continue to be blessings to your kingdom that your servant may faithfully go and do that which you have destined them to do in the four corners of the earth. Father, as you do these things for us, we're going to be very careful to continue praising you, to continue glorifying you, and to continue lifting you up. For you've told us in your word that if you be lifted up from the earth, you will draw all men unto you. Pray, Father, for that young man, that young woman, that that's under the sound of my voice, that has been teetering with the thought of being saved. We pray today, Father, that they will uh, make the decision to give their life to Jesus Christ in order that they may receive eternal life. We trust, Father, that you are doing these things for us as we speak by your power, by your might, and by your spirit. For those under the sound of my voice, Father, who... Uh, I've been confused and perplexed about scripture and gospel-related matter. We pray, Father, that your spirit bring clarity in their hearts and mind, a surety that your word is true, that you are God, and beside you there is none other. Again, Father, we trust you are doing these things for us as we speak by your might and by your power give you all glory, honor, and praise. This is our prayer. We count done. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Question number one. Amen. All right, what are, what are some of the problems that people that don't practice what they preach run into? Good question. Very good question. What are some of the problems that those who don't practice what they preach will run into? Question two. What were the three movable parts that we just talked about? Tell me a little about each. What were the three movable parts or the three groups in our select scripture? Tell me a little bit about each.
And question three, why should titled individuals acknowledge God? Why should they? Why should titled individuals acknowledge God? Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristiansandchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe's Precast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Precast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christians and Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and have a smile you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.